We are going to pick up right where Pastor left off last Wednesday evening. We've been in this series on faith and prayer for some time now, but in this series, we're learning how to receive from God and how to walk in the fullness of everything that belongs to us. And our heart's desire is that every one of us learn how to receive from God and that every one of us, even if you've been here 10, 15, 20 years or it's your first year, that every one of us learn how to get answers to prayer, that we learn how to walk in the fullness of everything that belongs to us as believers in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And Paul, of course, is quoting the Old Testament, and that's from the book of Habakkuk. We walk by faith and not by sight. We could say it this way, we, we walk by the word of God and not by sight. And when we talk about sight, that's one of our senses. There are five senses, what we can see, taste, touch, hear, and smell. Maybe a month or so ago, pastor referred to an old book that John Osteen wrote about the sixth sense of faith. But the point is we're to walk by the word of God, not by our feelings, not by what we see with the circumstances. In the testimony Sunday I mentioned when we face these moments in life where there are negative words or negative reports to not walk by what someone has said, but to walk by the word. Galatians 3 and verse 11, the apostle Paul wrote that the righteous will live by faith. Well, if we're born again, if we're saved, if we're a part of the family of God, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that is imputed to us, that is given to us. We don't, we don't earn it. It is credited to our account. But if we're born again, if we're a part of the family of God, if we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, then how are we to live? We're to live by faith. Amen. Or again, we could say it this way, we are to live by the word of God. And this has everything to do with receiving from God. As believers under the new covenant who are born again and filled with the spirit, day by day, we're to walk by faith. Day by day, we're to walk by the word of God. And day by day, we're to receive from God by faith. How are we saved? By faith. How do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? By faith. How, do, how are we healed? How do we receive the manifestation of the healing that belongs to us? It is by faith. How do we have our needs met? By faith. How do we walk in financial provision? By faith. How do we go to new levels? By faith. Everything that we do in Christ is to be by faith. And so believers head down a wrong road when they try to receive in ways that are contrary to faith. And Paul gives an example of this in Galatians chapter 3. If you would turn your Bible to Galatians chapter 3. He writes Galatians 3 beginning in verse 1. You foolish Galatians... Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn one th thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing 
what you heard. We could say it this way, did you receive the Spirit by your works or did you receive the Spirit by faith? Any good thing that we receive from God, we receive by faith. In Acts chapter 19, when Paul visited Ephesus, he asked the elders of the church in Ephesus, he said, when you believed, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They said, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. In Acts 19, Paul then lays hands upon them, and they are filled with the Spirit, they speak in tongues, they also prophesy, but all of that happens on the basis of faith. Paul's faith in God, Paul's faith in God confirming his word. After uh, Azusa at the turn of the 20th century, that was 1906, in the decades that followed in Pentecostalism, there became an emphasis that to receive the Spirit, you had to do what Pentecostals called tearing. And that is, you know, waiting, waiting to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. He's here. The gift belongs to every believer. So I don't have to earn it. Amen. I don't have to do 55 things to deserve it. Amen. And I don't have to tarry for 30 days or 40 days or 60 days or 75 days to receive the baptism of the Spirit as just one example, how am I to receive? By faith. The same way I receive my salvation, by faith. I hear the gospel preached. I believe the gospel, and I believe that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, I'll be saved. And when you're born again, you know, praise God. I, you know, it's like Pilgrim's Progress. I believe that, that, that burden, that weight of sin lifts and is gone. But again, we're, we're not to walk by how we feel. We're to walk by faith or by the word of God. And so as an example here in Galatians 3, Paul, Paul writes, reminds them, you, you didn't receive the spirit by works. You received the spirit by faith. Verse five, does God give you a spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Or we could say it this way, because you, you walk by faith. You operate by faith. And then, of course, he gives the example of Abraham. He writes in verse 11, the righteous will live by faith. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Verse 14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So we're learning in this series how to receive from God and how to walk in the fullness of all that Jesus paid for, all that belongs to us, and we do that on the basis of faith. And it's by faith we receive any good thing from God. Now, as pastors been dealing with, we like miracles and we like signs and wonders. We, we like it when things happen and there, there's no explanation other than the fact that it was God moving in a spectacular way. But as we've been learning, signs and wonders advertise God's kingdom to unbelievers. We love signs and wonders and they're wonderful when they happen. And as Pastor dealt with last Wednesday evening, praise God for the gifts of the Spirit. Praise God when the gifts operate and manifest as the Holy Spirit wills and directs. But day by day, we're to live by faith. Day by day, 
We're to receive any good thing from God by faith or by taking him at his word, by taking action on his word. You know, any particular move of God in history, any revival in history, at some point comes to an end. And what are believers to do the next day? How are they to live the next day? We are to live by faith. We are to walk with God by faith. We're to receive any good thing by faith. Day by day, that's how we're to live, by faith. And there are too many believers under the new covenant, and they're trying to get God to do what he has already done. And if you think about it, if in your, the way you pray, and the way you talk, the way your confession, if your mindset is you're trying to get God to do something he has already done, then you're not operating on the basis of faith. Because he says, his word says, it is finished. But if you pray and confess and act like it ain't finished, then you're not praying in faith. Amen. You're not operating in faith. You're not walking by faith. And if you're not praying by faith, if you're not operating by faith, if you're not walking by faith, are you going to receive anything from God? And the answer is no. And this is why there are some believers, and they're, they're frustrated. But we ought not be frustrated. We ought to be happy. We ought to be joyful. Jesus said we're to ask and receive, and our joy will be complete. But on what basis do we do that? By faith. So there are too many believers under the new covenant and they're trying to get God to do what he's already done. They say, Lord, heal me. Or they say, Lord, I want you to heal me when the truth is that they have already been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. If I am healed, I don't need to ask the Lord to heal me. I just need to learn how to receive the manifestation of what has already been done. Amen. I just need to learn how to receive the manifestation of what already belongs to me. You might say, Austin, how do I do that? It is by faith. The work, it is done. Our job is to walk in the new covenant and our job is to enforce the victory that has already been won. Our job is to exercise the authority that Jesus delegated to us, our, our job is to exercise the authority that we have over Satan. And again, if you think about someone who's an unbeliever, they have no such covenant rights to walk in. And so whether you talk about the book of Acts or you talk about the crusades of somebody like Reinhard Bonnke or T.L. Osborne, that is God showing out that is God proving to the lost that Jesus has risen from the dead, that he is alive, proof that he is alive and is seated at the right hand of God. And it's wonderful. But after you see that demonstration, after you believe and are saved, day by day, we are to live by faith. And day by day, we're to walk by faith the word of God. And every believer is to have their own faith. We're all to grow up. We're all to mature. And every one of us, we ought to learn how to receive from God. Every one of us ought to learn how to pray and get answers in our own life. As we learned last Wednesday in 1 Corinthians 12, the power gifts, 
the gifts of healings, and the working of miracles, they show off the kingdom of God to unbelievers. And an example of that that Pastor dealt with for several weeks is in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John were going to the temple. A man that had been crippled all his life was there. The temple gate called Beautiful. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he began walking and leaping and praising God. And it caused a great commotion. And what did Peter do? The crowd gathered and he proclaimed the risen, resurrected Christ. So that those that did not know Christ as Savior could see the proof, the evidence that Jesus was alive and profess faith in Christ Jesus. As individual believers, you cannot live day by day by signs and wonders. And we have to be honest about these things. You know, Jessica and I had a phenomenal miracle this past Friday, and the, the way it happened and the way it came about, that's the Lord. That's wonderful. Amen. Praise God for it, amen? amen. But if, if I'm honest, if I'm competent, if I'm truthful, I'm going to tell you that that does not happen every day of the week. Amen. That does not happen every week. That does not happen every month. So day by day, I have to walk by faith. Day by day, I have to walk by the word. Day by day, I have to be a doer of the word of God. And I got to set the alarm clock. I got to get up, pray, whether I feel spiritual or not. Because we're not to walk by how we feel or see. We are to walk by the word of God. We're to walk by faith. So as an individual believer, you cannot live by signs and wonders. And part of the challenge is, you know, if you do the daily Bible reading or if you read books of the Bible at a time, you know, you read through Genesis, you think, man, God, that's so wonderful. God spoke to Abraham every day of his life. No, that, that's not the way it worked. You know, God, God showed up at Abraham's tent every day. Well, well, no, that's not what happened. Many decades and great amounts of time went by between the times that the Lord showed up and spoke to Abraham. Even in the book of Acts, you read the book of Acts and think all that happened in the book of Acts happened over a week or two. It in fact happened over several decades. So praise God when the gifts are in operation and manifestation. Praise God when there's a special service. Praise God when pastor might be led by the Spirit to do this or that. But, but it's not going to be every day. So day by day, how are we supposed to live? By faith. Day by day, we're supposed to live by the Word of God. And believers get into trouble when they get into emotionalism. Believers get into trouble when they, they go looking for signs. You go looking for a sign, Satan will give you one. We are to walk by the Word of God. We're to walk by faith. So day by day, we're to live by faith, by the Word of God. Day by day, we receive any good thing from God by faith, by taking action on the Word of God. Related to that miracle I mentioned, Jessica and I are having to get something taken care of, and, you know, there's a cost to it. But all along, I, I've told the Lord, I cast the care, the anxiety, the worry of that upon you, and you're our source. 
So it's coming one way or another. And you're our source. And so it's being made up to us sevenfold one way or another. Well, see, in praying that way, I'm, I'm operating on the basis of the word of God, which is by faith. I'm standing on the word and I'm standing on the scriptures, which is by faith. Whether you realize it or not, according to the word of God, Jesus has already paid the price for your healing. You were healed more than 2,000 years ago. 1 Peter 2.24, Peter quotes Isaiah's prophecy in the past tense. By whose stripes you were, past tense, healed. By whose stripes you were healed. Say, I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Say, I have already been healed by the stripes of Jesus. You might say, Austin, I don't feel like it. And you know, you might have a, a scratch in your throat or, you know, I don't want to be gross, but uh, mucus in your throat, you know, you might think, man, I need a tissue right now to plug my nose or we're to walk by the word. Amen. We're to walk by faith, yes. not by how we feel. Are you looking in the mirror? Not by how you might look. Amen. Amen. We are to walk by the word. And the word says that we have been healed, past tense, by the stripes of Jesus. And so as pastor says, we've got to get our faith, we've got to get our confessions, we've got to get our actions lined up with the word of God and moving in the same direction. And when you come into agreement, that's when you receive the manifestation of what you're believing God for. Say it again, say, I have already been healed, already been healed. by the stripes of Jesus. So if there's a service then, when on the basis of Mark 16 or James chapter 5, if there's a service when hands are laid upon us, when we go forward to receive the laying on of hands, we should go forward in faith. And we should go forward believing we receive that when hands are laid upon us, we're going to receive what already belongs to us. You know, in the Gospel of Mark, the woman with the issue of blood, she, she said that if she touched the hem of his garment, she would be made well. And so, again, if there's the laying on of hands, the comparable example would be you go forward and you say to yourself, when hands are laid upon me, I'm going to receive what belongs to me because I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. It's mine. It's got my name on it. Jesus already did the work. I'm not waiting on God to do something. It is done. I'm going forward, exercising my faith, believing that when hands are laid upon me, I will receive the manifestation of what has already been done and what already belongs to me. And that's faith. Now, if a believer doesn't understand that from the Word, and if a believer doesn't believe that, and if they don't have faith to receive what is already theirs, then the laying on of hands can actually hurt or hinder their faith. And that just results in unbelief and more unbelief and unbelief on, on top of unbelief. And you'll hear people say, well, I had this minister lay hands on me and I had that minister lay hands on me and I went to this service and I went to that service and I went to this con convention and that convention, but, but you go ahead and pray your best prayer. Well, well, they're just treating it like you're just rolling the dice to see if uh, something happens. And maybe out of a hundred times, something happens. That is not faith. Amen. 
We are to walk by faith. And we are to receive any good thing from God by faith. And Pastor has rehearsed how in the healing revival in the 50s, the 60s, great emphasis was put upon this. He gave the example of Amy Simple McPherson. There were others that did the same thing, that when people came to the healing meetings or the tent meetings, they would get a card. The card would be marked for coming so many times, and after they had been so many times, then they could be prayed for. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But here's what people, they, they want to do. They don't want to come to church. They don't want to come. They don't want to get a Bible. They don't want to, they, they come, they certainly don't want to open their Bible. They don't want to take notes. They don't want to listen. They don't want to follow instructions. They, they, they want Pastor I to lay hands on them to fix their problems. But again, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And how do we receive any good thing from God? It's by faith. But when you have someone and they're full of doubt and unbelief, nothing is going to happen. Amen. You might say, well, Austin, maybe sometimes in the grace of God something does happen. Well, I don't want to operate that way. I want to have results every time. And how do we get good results every time? We get good results on the basis of the Word of God. Why don't Pastor and I lay hands on everyone all the time? We don't want you to look to us. We want you to look to the Lord. Amen. I said, we don't want you to look to us. We want you to look to the Lord. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is the lifter of our head. He is the one that our help comes from. And yes, he does great works through men and women of God, but we ought to always look to him. And the point is, because of what he did and the priesthood of the believer, any believer can receive from God. You go to Mark 16. It doesn't say those in full-time ministry. It says, them that believe. And so we, you know, come, we're coming up to Anniversary Sunday, and once a year, Anniversary Sunday, we lay hands on the congregation for your success and prosperity for the new year. Somebody might be new and say, I don't want to do that. Again, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Amen? Amen? But we, we do that once a year at the beginning of the year. There are times that we'll lay hands on people as led by the Holy Spirit. Maybe a month, month and a half ago in the 9 a.m. service, pastor was led to lay hands on people. He, he did something that, in my recollection, in a way we've never done it before, he had me anoint people first with oil, then he laid hands upon them. So why did he do that? He was led by the Holy Spirit to do it. Somebody might say, Austin, why didn't you not do the exact same thing at the 11 a.m. service? Because the Holy Spirit didn't lead me to do that at the 11 a.m. service. And we just don't do things to do things. We are filled with the Spirit, and we ought to be led by the Spirit. Didn't bring the reference. The New Testament says that those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. See, me being led by the Spirit and me obeying the Spirit demonstrates that I, I'm, I'm truly born again and part of the family. See, if I'm just doing my own thing or just doing things to do them, well, I'm not demonstrating that I'm... I'm part of the family, and I'm his son. How do we receive any good thing from God? It's by faith. And again, 
Galatians 3 is just an example of that. And Paul was dealing with the issue of works, people trying to earn things by works, but he used that example that they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. Our heart's desire is for you to walk in the fullness of all that God has for you. Our heart's desire is for your prayers to be answered. Our heart's desire is for you to learn how faith works. Our heart's desire is for you to learn how to receive from God in your own life. Mark 11, beginning in verse 22, Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. He literally said, have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Every believer ought to be able to do that. Amen. Every believer ought to be able to do that. Jesus acted on the word of his Father. He said in John 14, verse 10, don't you believe that I am in the Father? The Father is in me. The words I say are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. John 14 and verse 13, he said, and I will do whatever you ask. The word is actually demand, atiate, from the Greek word atio. It means whatever we demand as our rights and privileges under the new covenant. But you have to know what your rights and privileges are. You have to know what belongs to you. You have to know that the authority has been delegated to you, and then you have to have the confidence in the word of God and the confidence in God that he will perform his word, he'll, he'll back up his word, he'll, he'll, he'll perform his word and bring it to pass in your life. And I will do whatever you demand as your rights and privileges under the new covenant. In my name, so the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may demand as your rights and privileges under the new covenant anything in my name, and I will do it. That's the authority that we have in Christ, that we make a demand of faith on the basis of his word, and he backs us up. That we command a need to be met, that we command a problem to go, that we command sickness to leave on the base of what he has done, and he backs up his word. And when I think of demanding, I, I, I think of it in terms of parenting. We're not talking about being arrogant or rude. We're talking about knowing who we are in Christ. You know, sometimes our five-year-old, or she was four, now five, or even now the two-year-old, you know, they'll, they'll be at dinner and they'll make a demand. And our response is, look, you're, you're not getting what you want until you ask nicely and say, please. Amen. We're not talking about being rude or arrogant. We're talking about knowing who we are in Christ, knowing what he did on our behalf, knowing what belongs to us, standing on the word of God, saying what is going to happen, that we would have whatsoever we saith, and having the confidence that God hears, God answers, and God backs up his word every time. Amen. And yes, there is a confidence to that. Not praying weak prayers. Not praying scaredy cat prayers. Not, not praying uh, prayers that give you an easy out. Now let's deal with an example in scripture. Acts 20, 
beginning in verse 7, Acts 20, beginning in verse 7, and it's the story of a young man who fell out of a third-story window, and he was picked up dead. Now, Acts 20 and verse 7, this is about 27 years after the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And this is about 20 years, two decades, after Paul's conversion. And this is during his third missionary journey. Acts 20, beginning in verse 7, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. He, he was on his way to the next destination. He had been with them about a week. He knew that he would be leaving the next day, and so he wanted to use the time that he had, about six or seven hours. Now, you might say, Austin, are we going to have six or seven hour services? No. Paul was traveling, visiting the various church communities. He had a week with them. He was going the next day. He wanted to spend, he wanted to use the time that he had. You know, once Aaron and I were somewhere and went to a service, long service, you might say, Austin, did anything unusual or spectacular happen? No, I just remember it was a long service and we left about 1 a.m. And I remember leaving about 1 a.m. and they had a glass window where the nursery was and they were, they were changing a, a baby, you know, maybe one year, one year old, maybe younger, and that, that baby looked mad. That baby looked angry, you know, getting his diaper changed at uh, 1 a.m. in the morning. Well, I bet mom, and by the time mom and dad got out of the service, I bet mom was mad. And then how does dad go to work the next day with mama mad and the baby mad? And so there are times when God moves where a service might be longer. But as an example, like on Wednesday nights, why do we, why do, we do our best to do church in 60 minutes? We know you got to get the kids home, got to get them in bed. If they're young, like our kids, they have a routine. And Julia wants me to sit in her bed. She wants Jessica to sit in her bed. Now she wants Sophie to sit in her bed. <laughs> she wants yogurt before she does all that. So you got to get the kids home, got to get them in bed, got to get lights out. Amen. You got to get up for work the next day and be a productive person. Well, you can't do all that if you get worn out. See, we, we don't come to church to get worn out. We, we come to church to get built up in our faith. Amen. So again, the reason for the, the long service was he was headed out the next day. Time was short. It was the time that he had. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. So Luke was there. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story window and was picked up dead. Verse 10, Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said, he's alive. Then he went upstairs again, broke bread and ate as if it was no big deal. Now this is amazing. He went upstairs again, broke bread and ate, and after talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. Now, this is faith at a different level. This is a disciple. This is a man of God having faith in his own words. What was the point of verse 10? Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Well, surely Paul knew the story of Elijah from 1 Kings chapter 
17. And surely Paul also knew the story of Elisha and the dead boy from 2 Kings 4, beginning in verse 32. 2 Kings 4, beginning in verse 32. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands, and stretched himself out upon him until the boy's body grew warm. Now, it's really sad that we live in such a wicked, perverse culture today that we even have to explain something like this. You know, but when you're out and about and you see people in the world, people, people carry what they're all about. And some people are full of wickedness. Some people are full of the devil. But you can be full of God. But how can you be full of God if you're full of the things of this world? You know, I might have had some people unhappy with me after Sunday. He must be one of those old-fashioned holiness preachers. But see, if you, if you want to see God move in your life, you have to be full of God. And you can't be full of the Spirit of God if you're full of the spirits of this world. Amen. And so... Elisha did what he did because he was full of God and he was full of the anointing of God. And what he had, the life and the anointing and the power of God, he, he, rest, he laid upon that boy so it would be transferred into his body. He stretched himself out upon him and as he did so, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room, then got on the bed and it stretched out upon him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite, and he did. When she came, he said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet, bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. Elisha knew that there was so much life, so much power, so much anointing in him that some would flow out to the boy and make him alive again. Elisha operated in faith, he operated in faith, but so too did the Shunammite woman. Now prior to this, after her son had died, after her son had died, when she went to ask Elisha for help, when Gehazi had asked the Shunammite what was wrong, she said in faith, everything is all right. So he, Elisha operated in faith, but so too did the boy's mother. She said everything is all right. She spoke by faith, she acted by faith, and as Jesus would say in Matthew 9, 29, according to her faith, was it done unto her? And she received whatsoever she said. And that's an example of Mark eleven twenty three. 23. That's an example of the God kind of faith. She received whatsoever she said. See, how can you be full of God if you're full of this world? How can you be full of the spirit of God if you're full of the spirits, plural, of this world? And that, that's what Paul wrote. Be ye not drunk with wine where it is in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Amen. Maybe about a month ago, Julia, to mention Julia again, she was overcoming. And God designed our body. It's amazing. It's miraculous the way God designed our bodies. So she was overcoming something, and her body was fighting that with the fever. But of course, as a parent, when the, the fever, those temperatures get up to a certain point, you begin to get concerned. And her temperature was about 105. You know, we do what we know to do. But Jessica said, you know, let's put some praise and worship on. 
Let's worship the Lord. So we were worshiping the Lord as family. Jessica was holding her again. Jesus said to the disciples, freely you have received, now freely give. So we were worshiping the Lord. Jessica was holding her. And within 15, 20 minutes, her temperature came down several degrees. Now we were watching uh, charismatic worship. Then Samuel noticed that there were some uh, flag or not flag dancers, but women dancing with flags. He asked me about that. I said, ask Aaron Wood about that. He'll explain it all to you. <laughs> so then we had some joy laughing about Samuel's commentary. But the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Then recently, Emily was overcoming, fighting something. And I had to take Sophie to an event for Sophie. Now, sometimes people ask me what's going on later this week. I only want to know about what's happening in the next 24 hours. <laughs> Who am I dropping off? Who am I picking up? At what times? And so I was taking Sophie to something, and so Sophie was listening to Christmas music on the radio. But the whole way, the whole drive there, and then back after I dropped Sophie off, I just prayed in the spirit in tongues. Why? Jude 20. But build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. Why? Well, it's like you charge your phone, don't you? Amen. You know, I, I'm diligent. I, I plug that thing in every night because the older it gets, the less battery life there is. <laughs> well, you, you charge your phone. Well, what about charging yourself up spiritually? And so I, I, I charged myself up so that the moment I step back foot in our house, I'm charged up, ready to pray as the Holy Spirit would lead me to pray ready to lay hands on her as the Holy Spirit would lead me to lay hands on her. You've heard Pastor share how when Christina was little, there was a time that the situation was concerning, and so he just, he just held her. You can carry in yourself the power and the anointing and the life of God. But going back to Sunday, you, you can't be full of the things of this world and do that. Amen. So you gotta, again, how does faith come? By, by hearing and by hearing CNN, or by hearing and by hearing Fox News. No, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Jesus said to the disciples, freely you have received, freely give. Amen. If you have something, you can impart it. Amen. See, when Paul went to Ephesus and found out that the elders there, they were born again, but they had re never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, let me lay hands on you and pray for you. See, why could he impart the Holy Spirit? Because he had it. See, if you have something, you can impart it. In Acts 20, Paul knew that there was so much Zoe, life of God in him. Some would flow out to the boy and make him live again. We also just learned in the series on 1 John that the anointing, from the Holy Spirit resides in us. And as another example, in Romans 8 and verse 11, Paul tells us that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. So we are full of the Holy Spirit. We are full of the anointing of God. We are full of the power of God. We are full of the life of God. And in situations of need, in situations of praying over someone who is bound or addicted or lost or sick, we can impart what we have and God will back us up and God will back 
his word up. Acts 20, verse 10, Paul went down and threw himself on the young man and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. That's faith at a different level. That's a man of God that has faith in his own words. And few believers ever reach the level of having faith in their own words. But just think about that Shunammite woman. A foreigner, not even a child of Israel. So she, she wouldn't have known what Moses wrote. She wouldn't have known the Pentateuch. She wouldn't have known the law. She wasn't born again. She didn't have the spirit of God, yet she spoke by faith. And when that boy was dead, and she had gone to see Elisha, and Gehazi met her along the way, and he said, what's wrong, what's the matter, what's the issue? She said, everything is all right. So what's our excuse? When we're born again, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, we have received the baptism of the Spirit, we are full of the Spirit. What's our excuse when we have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in us? We have no excuses. And so we ought to say what the Word says. She's well. Why? Because Jesus paid the price more than 2,000 years ago. She's well She's overcoming, she's getting better, she has the victory, she has been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now, if this is new to you, you got to get the religion out of your life. You got to get the thing of wanting people to feel sorry for you out of your life. I still, I still remember in seminary, they, they'd ask if anybody had a praise. And I, I thought, well, I'm not sure what a praise is, but that sounds like a positive thing. And then students would start telling their sad tales. You got, you got to get all of that out of your life. Amen. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm not trying to get the victory. I don't have to tarry for a month for the victory. If I'm born again, I have the victory. Amen. If I'm full of the Spirit of God, I have the victory. If I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in me, I have the victory. So then what I have to do and what I say and the way I pray and the way I act, I have to act and talk as if I have the victory because I do. And if you'll act and talk and confess and pray as if you have the victory, the victory will be manifested in your life and in your circumstances.